I'm into my fourth year of planting my vegetable garden within the confines of a seven-foot deer fence, and it certainly does give me peace of mind. Welcome to Longleaf Breeze, subsistence farmers using three simple principles, approaching but never reaching subsistence. It's got to be fun while we're doing it, and we don't make all misstatements. And now, Lee and Amanda Borden. Thanks, Adrian. Welcome to our podcast of August the 28th, 2014. The subject of the day is, when do you hire help and when do you do it yourself? Um, We ought to acknowledge here at the outset that We understand that there are plenty of you who have lived on a farm all your life. To you, these issues are self-evident. Why do you even need to talk about it? It makes about as much sense as having a a conversation about whether or not you should breathe. Uh, But we're not apologizing for spending time talking about this. We grew up in the suburbs, and we're having to learn it all anew here. And we sense we're not alone. We think there are plenty of other people who are having to make these same decisions. So we thought we would lay out how we go about it. Not that what we're doing is the right way, only that what we're doing is a way to look at it. We started out by talking about the deer fence, or I did, because of the fact, as we'll talk later in the podcast, that was one of our biggest DIY projects to date. So we'll, uh, we'll elaborate on that a little bit more. When we first started this, we had this principle that I laid out for anybody who would sit still and listen, that basically we would learn to do something ourselves if we thought we would end up doing it more than twice. Um, And that made sense, and it's worked fairly well over time. But there are some issues with it. Uh, The first, you already pointed out, it's hard to know how many times you're going to do something. Right. You'd have to be psychic in some cases to know, oh, I thought I'd only have to do that once, but darned if I don't have to repeat it three times. (laughs) And uh, the best example I can think of right now is the lodge and the barn. We built the barn knowing that we would probably end up building something like the lodge. So that's twice. But I figured, okay, if it's only twice, let's go ahead and have other people do the building. Well, here we, we're looking at the possibility of building a greenhouse. And there's also probably other structures we're going to end up adding over time. Right. So um, we really didn't know those uh, things when we started. So, And the other thing that's changed, of course, for us, since you articulated that principle, is that um, we realized that, I mean, I knew I was going to be on a pension as a retiree, but we are finding that money is harder to come by than we thought it would be, even as retirees. Exactly. So now any, our time is becoming cheaper in relation to the money we have to spend to hire somebody else to do it. So you put those two together, and we've sort of evolved to a little more complex way of viewing all of this. Um, so here's, here's sort of where we stand with it. For starters, of course, routine tasks are a no-brainer. Things like mowing and bush hogging and um, drip irrigation, that sort of thing. Those issues we have to address all the time, and we do those ourselves, and wouldn't think of hiring someone else to do them. 
then there are plenty of things we know we cannot do ourselves. Just don't have the skills, don't have the equipment, don't have any prospects of, of gaining the skills or equipment. And like brain surgery. <laughs> like brain surgery, that's right. It, we're just not going to try to do that ourselves. Um, and there are plenty of other things like that. They're just too technical. They demand too much experience and knowledge or specialized equipment that um, we're just going to have to hire somebody and, and, else. You know, we joke. I hopefully don't need, don't anticipate our needing brain surgery. But, for example, if you broke a bone, I mean, I'm not, I wouldn't trust me to set a bone in place. If, no. You know, we'd go to the emergency room. <clears throat> so if we can do it and we're not on a deadline, then we're probably going to want to do it ourselves. And that, when I say do it yourself, that includes not only learning how to do it yourself, get, gain, gaining the knowledge, but also either buying or borrowing the equipment that you need to do it. Because a lot of these things, they take some specialized tool or machine or something like that, and we'll just either buy it, you know, if we anticipate doing it a lot, we'll buy it, or try to find somebody who owns it, who will lend it to us. That's right. So um, what are some examples then of, of what we've done? I know you're struggling with your chainsaw right now, so maybe that's a good way to start. We can begin there because um, there are things that come down on either side of it. I spent yesterday struggling with that silly chainsaw. I couldn't get it to – I switched out a, a blade on it, got a new chain, couldn't get it to crank. Probably spent two or three hours trying to get it to crank. Finally gave up and decided to go buy, go into town and buy a spark plug. Fortunately, the new spark plug made the difference in it. I was able to get it to crank. However, something about the new chain isn't working right. It's not working well. It binds up. It smokes. So I know something's not right. I hope it's a defective chain. So the first thing I'm going to try when I get a chance to look at this again is putting a, a separate new chain on the same bar and see if that works. If that doesn't work, I'm probably going to have to drive to Wetumpka and get a new bar. And if that doesn't work, then I probably will have to hire somebody to look at it and figure out what to do. Mm -hmm. Right. And, and uh, several references we've made already to construction around the farm. I think it's worth mentioning that when we built the barn, which was our first outbuilding, um, we hired a lot of it and we subbed out the major construction, the, you know, the actual pole barn building part, having the apartment put in, etc. But thank we you, did, Scott. yes, thank you, Scott Rupert. Very good. Um, but we painted it ourselves, our interior and a lot of our trim paint and um, doors. It, it's sort of like what you said earlier about when you're not under a deadline. We were weekend warriors. We'd come down here uh, from our suburban home in Birmingham on the weekends and spend as much time as it took to get the, the thing painted. And um, we really didn't at the time feel there was a deadline. But then when we got ready to build the lodge, even though we said at the outset, oh, we're, you know, we're not really um, on a timetable here. By the time you get to finishing work that we could have done, like painting, we just needed to see it through. And it was a much larger structure. It would have taken us a long time. And the other issue there up in the lodge 
is you had higher standards for quality That's and true. appearance up yes, there. Yes, I did. You wanted it to be just so, so that we could uh, welcome guests there. So I think we were a little bit nervous about whether we would be able to do a good job mm-hmm. of the, you know, the fine painting and the trim work on the cabinetry and so forth. And I have no regrets. I think we made the right decision. <laughs> um and, you know, that goes for things like wiring, plumbing, gutters, um, it, it, all those things. We've sort of, we knew that there were people who knew how to do that, and we hired them to do it. So let's address that installation of the deer fence. Yes. That took some time. Um, it required that we use a lot of new equipment we'd never used before. Um, and it was done at a time when you and I were not all that familiar with this kind of process no not at all we just knew we ha- we certainly had the motivation because you didn't want me to plant anything <laughs> any growing thing that we cared about before we put the deer fence up because we had had so much damage from deer in the past so um we we certainly i wouldn't say we had a deadline but we knew we did it during the winter time and into the very very early spring saying okay we really want to finish this in time to plant some a spring garden and it worked and it did. It worked well. It was a. It took several months of work on and off, but we got it done. And that was a great example of something where we knew we were going to be dealing with it. So we went ahead and um, did that one ourselves, as we did the uh, two gates that we have protecting the property. And we actually are going to add a third one. We're and sort we're of in the process. we're ready to add a third, and we sort of know what to do, how to right. do it. Yeah. Wouldn't think of, of outsourcing that, really. Uh, harvesting firewood. You uh, had said when we were talking about this outline that um, we never bought, that we never harvested our own firewood in the suburbs. If you remember, I went through what I called my Paul Bunyan period in the <laughs> yes. suburbs. <laughs> Um, where I did try to harvest firewood off the little three-acre parcel that we owned, and I finally gave up because it was just difficult. And in retrospect, what was challenging about it is not I didn't know how to do it. It was I didn't have the right equipment. Exactly. We didn't have a splitter. We didn't have any um, means of really getting those logs to the right size and configuration for the fireplace so didn't have a front end loader didn't have a front end. yeah you just didn't have the equipment and now we're set up to do it so piece of cake right a piece <laughs> of cake um grooming Adi. we have a springer spaniel um we took him to the vet three four five times to have them charge us 35 dollars to more than that probably to oh, was groom, it more than that to groom him but okay. and he looked good he came home looking very oh, they dapper. Did a great job on him uh, and he was always happy when he got groomed because basically, it what we got was not a a a, a do. It was just a haircut, basically a crew cut for a well, dog. Well, a field cut is what field we, cut yes, is what they call cut. it. Field uh, cut. Well, I got tired of paying somebody else to do what I thought I could do myself, and we purchased some good quality dog grooming. Uh, you know, the one of those like things yeah. <laughs> and it's worked out well and it's about time for Gotti to be groomed. And again. you've learned to do it and he looks, it it goes really well and you haven't hurt him in any way. <laughs> Not at all. And he is always happy when he's 
gotten groomed because it frees him up. It sort of makes life more pleasant for him, I think. I think another good example of um, our starting out DIY and uh, just ending up hitting our heads against the wall after it was all over with and finally hiring the right person for the job is our landscape challenge around here. And I'm not talking about um, which pretty pretty plants and that kind of thing, the nuances of gardening. I'm talking about severe erosion erosion on this property because of the fact that we are so hilly. So finally, after some failed attempts at uh, you know, we went and bought that landscape fabric mm-hmm. and put you know, seeded grass and tried to keep hillsides from washing different places and uh, usually or or just broadcasting grass seed that never germinated because it just washed on down the hillside. Finally, we had the good sense to call Rodney Griffith, who really had the big picture and the expertise and the equipment and the equipment to and the staff and all, you know, to um or crew maybe is a better word, to shape this property in a way that made the, the, the erosion much less of a problem. It's, um, I won't say the problem is solved because every time we make a change, we have to think about erosion control. But what Rodney and his folks did made a huge difference in our ability to control the washing of the soil every time we had a major rainstorm. Basically, what he did is use berms to slow down the water. And boy, it's just worked great. And uh, we will always be grateful to Rodney and his folks for the work they did. Uh, The next one on our list is installing solar panels. We've got a couple of panels that are up for here, you know, using here and there for things like the deer fence on the orchard and the gate opener and so forth. But we, we haven't gotten to the point where we're installing major solar panels. I just anticipate that when we get started, we'll do it repeatedly, not necessarily for ourselves, but for others. So I'm hoping that we can send one of us to school, learn how to install those, how to wire them, how to in, get them in, inducted from DC to AC so we can use it for ordinary uh, household appliances and so forth. Figure, you know, troubleshoot when things go wrong, figure out what's going wrong with them and address that. So that's something that uh, we haven't started yet, but will. And of course, um, we have this gate opener that you're continually having to struggle with. Yeah, we finally figured out how to get the gate opener to work. It works fine now. But right now, we're not recharging the batteries at all. I'm just having to ferry batteries. I I keep one battery on the charger, and I keep one battery in the opener, and I just swap them out every couple of weeks so that it's always working. But um, the solar panel that's supposed to be charging the battery is not charging the battery, and we don't know quite why. So... Maybe when I figure out how to install solar panels, I'll always also figure out how to address that gate opener. Right. And and isn't part of the problem that the people who, the original manufacturer of that gate opener went out of business? Yes. Zariba. You will live in infamy. <laughs> and, and, you know, that's that's uh, points out a greater issue about learning to do something oneself is that We've encountered any number of companies that have gone out of business since we installed or had built 
this and that around the farm. And I mean, we're talking within five years, a company going going away. In fact, with the problem with the shower door that we had, that was within two or three years of having that installed. Yeah. So, you know, I think that's maybe that's a sign of the times and, and a reason that people should learn to be self-sufficient. And while we're on that subject, getting someone else to come in and do the work does not guarantee they're going to do a great job of it. We've been very fortunate with the folks we've had to come do work here at the farm. And aside from a couple of missteps with our first project, this barn, um, we've just had really good folks coming in to do work for us. But we just discovered this morning, uh, you, you discovered a piece of wood that was lying on the the sink uh, cabinet floor, and you're saying, you know, what is this? What, where does it go to? And we figured out the sink was very poorly installed down here in the barn. That was, um, yes, Home Depot. Thank you very much. Yeah, Home Depot. <laughs> you're on the same list as Zariba, even though you're still open. Um, you're, you're the one who sold us that bum shower enclosure in the bathroom, too. Yeah, yeah. Um, but it, uh, that's that's the other thing. When you do it yourself, you won't always do it the best way, but you will certainly know how you've done it, and you can reconstruct how you did it much more easily. One last very quick example: our stereo is in the pro- uh, system is in the process of falling out of off the wall. The guy who installed that out of business, gone. So we'll just have to figure that out at some point and address it so that our stereo equipment doesn't come falling out onto the floor. So that's a a little bit about how we're going about this process. We hope you're having a good week. Uh, Take care, and we'll look forward to visiting with you soon. You've been listening to Longleaf Breeze with Lee and Amanda Borden. You can call the farm at 334-625-8682. Send email to letters at longleafbreeze.com. Our address is P.O. Box 780-446, Tallahassee, Alabama, 36078. Visit us at longleafbreeze.com to learn more about the farm, to browse our archive, and to look over our planting database. You can also read the daily farm log and check in with Lee and Amanda. That's longleafbreeze.com.